Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Well, you do think back with me for just a few minutes to a time that seems like another world, a time that seems so far away and yet so near. I want you to think back to the first Sunday of 2020. Now, I don't want you to, I don't expect you to remember the sermon of the day or various things that happened that day, but I think you will remember this concept. Our plan for the year as a theme, we every year have a theme to follow in sermons and other things, and the theme for this year was to focus on the goal. The plan was to spend a lot of time talking about relationships with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, with God and with each other. But then what we could never have imagined happened. Instead of us now focusing on the goal, focus became the goal. Because everything that has happened this past year has been a challenge to our focus. Oh, we still talked about relationships because it was all about trying to figure out how are we going to have relationships with each other during all of this pandemic? How are we going to maintain our connection as the Richmond Church of Christ? And how are we going to make sure that our relationship with God and with ourselves stay strong this entire year? I went back and looked through the things that we've done this year. It wasn't by plan, but it turned out, I think, to be a very good occurrence. We talked indeed about how to have proper relationships with each other. We talked about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. But then the pandemic hit. And I never was able to think about or to present a specific concept of having a relationship with God. But it's turned out well. I think because now we can, at the end of this crazy year, think about that concept and consider, did we focus well? Or did God's nature, God's person, did it go out of focus because of all of the things that were forced upon us in the year that has passed? 
Think with me for a few minutes now about this relationship with God. Number one, God has always wanted to have a relationship with you. God is not or has not been an absentee parent. God did not decide, I'm going to make a creation and then I'm just going to go away and not present myself anymore. God demonstrated often that he wants to have a relationship with us. Go back to the very first couple in the garden. That couple, God placed in the garden and gave them instructions how they were going to live in this perfect paradise. And of course, the story we know so well, they sinned. But what I find interesting for this point is Genesis chapter 3 and in verse 10. After the sin, God said, Adam, where are you? And Adam said, I was afraid. I heard your voice walking in the garden, and I hid myself. Let me ask you, do you think it is possible that his acquaintance with God was on a very personal level all of the time, and then when sin happened, he tried to hide, but he still recognized the presence of God? We're not told specifics. But it certainly seems to me that in the garden, the relationship that God had with Adam and Eve was a much more personal one-to-one, side-by-side relationship of conversation, maybe. I think in that instance, God showed us what His intention was. In that perfect garden, in that place created, God could have relationship with all who live there in a very special way. But God didn't desire just a certain people for his relationship. In fact, he wants it with every single person. He's not picky. I recall the story in Genesis chapter 20 when there's an interesting thing that happens there when Isaac is concerned. Because he's going down to the south, he's going down to where the people were, maybe not God's people. And so he had his wife, and of course you recall that this happened with Abraham as well. He had his wife, a beautiful woman, and he said, be sure and let them know that you're my sister so that they won't take you from me. But God spoke to the leader of that people, Abimelech, and made sure that he and none of his people touched her. And Abimelech was furious. 
Why have you brought this to us? We might have sinned and we might have been lost as a nation. Notice the response. I did not know that God was here. God had a relationship with the people of the world, it seems. There was some way in which God didn't have just a person or a people. He had everybody, and he wanted to be in relationship with every one of them. But we also know that God had and wanted a special relationship with certain people so that he might have a better relationship with all people. In Acts 15, when the church came together to discuss the issues that were causing some difficulty, as the church was coming to be, and Judaism now was gone, the Jewish Christians were in a bit of contention with Gentile Christians because some of these Jewish Christians wanted the Gentiles to adopt some of the Jewish practices. And they had to have a discussion. What things should be required of the Gentiles? James made an interesting statement in chapter 15 and verse number 14 following Peter's speech. He said, Simon has declared that God at first visited the Gentiles to take for himself a people for his name. His point was, God did establish a particular people, and through that people, Jesus came to be. But because of that special relationship and the coming of Jesus, he now had a better relationship, potentially, with every single human being, because that's what God wants. In fact, any and all, he wants a relationship with you. For God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Today I want you to know God wants a relationship with you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care who you are. It matters not about your educational background, your financial standing. It matters not what job you have or where you live, the color of your skin, the people in your life. God wants a relationship with you. And he's demonstrated it in all of these ways throughout history. Number two, therefore, we should want a relationship with him. To say that we should, I understand. Everybody expects that a preacher would say that. But let me suggest to you that it's more than should. It's ought. 
What do I mean by that? One of the fascinating passages of Scripture, in a special way, like all of them are in some way or other, but think about Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11. God has made everything beautiful in its time, and He has put eternity in their hearts. But they cannot know God's works from beginning to end. I think this oughtness, this desire, this draw to a relationship with God has been implanted in the hearts of every single human being. It's there. And they can't deny it. It's there, even if they run from it. This whole concept of morality and oughtness that is embedded in every single heart is evidence that there is a draw to something else. There is this draw to God. It's implanted there by God. But let me tell you something else. It is demonstrated in the lives of people. It is not a good thing. In fact, it's a bad thing. But from it, there is a principle and a lesson to learn. Religious cults have always taken advantage of this implanted draw to a relationship with God. How are these leaders able to attract people to be a part of this cultic activity, this group that is on the fringes of society. And when people look at them, they think of them as kooks. I just finished a documentary on the religious cult that you will remember, Heaven's Gate. The group that thought that through their own suicide they would be taken to a spaceship into the next level above humanity. And 39 people bought into that. I didn't realize that it was 20 plus years in the making. But it still signals the same thing. The people who gravitated to this group were looking for something. And what is that something? They were looking for a relationship with God that was bigger than what this world had to offer. The same could be said for Jim Jones and Guyana. The same could be said for David Koresh. And you can just list group after group after group. And it says people want a relationship with God. They're drawn to it. They're drawn to it and we see it in different ways. I found that 50% in a survey of 
the American population claims to pray. Why? The draw for the relationship. I found that 65% of the people claim to read the Bible. Why? The draw to that relationship. I found that 64% of people in America claim to be Christians. Why? The draw to the relationship. And though the percentage is low, 54% claim membership and attendance in a church. Why? Because of the draw to the relationship implanted there by God. But... We should accept and follow that draw that resides in us in God's way. I can't invent my own. I'm afraid that it may very well be that those who took advantage of that draw and brought people into those groups and even maybe the people themselves, depending on how the Lord deals with them, may hear Jesus say in Matthew chapter 7, as he said, starting in verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? cast out demons in your name, done many mighty works in your name, and then I will profess to them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. The draw to the relationship is unmistakable. But we can't invent our own way to follow God wants a relationship with you. You want a relationship with God. So, how do we achieve it and maintain it? How do we get to the point of saying, okay, this is where I have my relationship with God. This is what I need to do. Let me give you some thoughts, some of which might they shocked me, not because they're different than I've ever thought, but because of what God could have been doing this year. To achieve and maintain a relationship with God, first of all, we have to realize that every relationship, every single relationship begins with submission. In Ephesians 5, verse 21, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. It is interesting that immediately following that verse, we find out about the relationships between husbands and wives, 
parents and children, masters and slaves, employers, employees, everything that we have in relational situations, friends, family, co-workers, it doesn't matter. It always begins with submission. For in order to have a relationship with someone else, you submit or give up part of yourself, part of independence, in order to be a part of that life. But then I want you to turn with me to James chapter 4. And I want you to notice, maybe you won't see it the way that I do, that's fine. But I saw this in studying for this lesson. And I wonder, you know, God always wants us to find the good in every situation. God wants us to figure out a way to pull something good out of things that are bad. Let me suggest to you that God may have been preparing through this past year, or at least wanting us because it finally it came to be this pandemic happened, nothing we could do about it. And God wants us to draw from the experience. And when I think about all the things that we had to do, the three big things that we had to do all year, I think it reminds us of how we achieve and maintain a relationship with God. We've already seen verse 7. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Every relationship begins with submission. Number two, how am I going to achieve the relationship with God and maintain it? One, wash your hands. Verse 8. Draw near to God, He'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. God has used hands as a representative of the person lifting himself to God. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8, Paul wrote to men and said, when you're leading prayer... Men should pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. We've been told over and over and over this year, wash your hands. God says same thing. Wash your hands. It represents what you offer to me. Of course, the spiritual cleansing that we need is to be free from sin. And Jesus says through Paul's writing in Ephesians 5 and verse 26 that he washed the church or he saved the church with the washing of water through the word. You know and I know that that washing of water is baptism that not saves us by the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God, 1 Peter 3 and 21. 
To be in a relationship with God, we have to wash our hands. And once we've been immersed into Jesus Christ, that continual washing happens through the blood of Jesus, 1 Peter 1 verse, or 1 John 1 verse 7. And when we pray, 1 John 1 9, He cleanses us again. To have a relationship with God, wash your hands. Number two, wear your mask. Verse 9, lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. I would ask you to raise your hand if you enjoyed wearing a mask. I can think of one or two who probably would say, that was me. But not any of us really wanted to. But when I think of this verse, this verse says that we have to be people who mourn. Didn't Jesus say, blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted? What's James talking about? Mourning over sin. You see, I wash my hands to cleanse myself through Jesus of the sin in my life. But then I need to learn to mourn over the sin that's in the world. The mask, theoretically, was a symbol at least to protect us from the uncleanness in the world. And not only that, when people mourn and weep, don't they cover up? We think of this mask. We can think about achieving and maintaining a relationship with God by mourning over what is out there. And we mask because of it. Finally, third, to achieve and maintain a relationship with God, practice social distancing. Every store you go in has the marks of where to stand. And we're reminded, back off and back away and stay away. That social distancing can remind us of the distance between us and God. Verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. It is true that there is a distance between God and man. He is by nature perfect, and we are by choice imperfect. And when I think about social distancing, I need to remember that there's a distance between me and God. I don't get to decide. I don't have the option to say I'm as good as he is, and I get to do what I want. You see, to achieve and maintain a relationship with God, a submissive person will submit to be cleansed of his own sin, mourn over the sin in the world, and always remember the distance between himself and God. In closing, however, I want to end on a high note. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. And we start at verse 14. Seeing then that we have a high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, 
Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest that cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was on all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may find or obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Because of Jesus, we can be cleansed. Because of Jesus, sin can be eradicated. And because of Jesus, we can come boldly to the throne of grace to find the help that we need during times like we have experienced. God wants a relationship with you. And the greatest thing he ever did to show it was to send Jesus the incarnate word, John 1 in verse 14. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The giving of Jesus was God's saying, I want a relationship with you. Do you want a relationship with God? Has your relationship with God gone out of focus because of what happened this past year? Bring it back in focus. Find it if you've not found it yet. And experience the relationship with God that is the only way to live in the world that is yet to come. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message has been helpful. And come back tonight because I'm going to tell you what God looks like. As always, may God bless our country. May God bless our church. May God bless each and every one of us that we will have and maintain a right relationship with God. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.